Hi, my name is Steven Sindoni, and welcome to another edition of Mystery of the Unexplained. Today in Part 4, our story is entitled The Abominable Snowman, which can be found in a book entitled Mystery of the Unexplained, put out and published by Reader's Digest. Since the sensational term Abominable Snowman burst upon a startled and delighted world, it has become clear that there is not just one big hairy upright hominid haunting the wild places, but a varied and widespread clan. As reports of sightings accumulate, it seems that there may be at least three different types of yeti in the Tibetan Himalayan area, small, large, and extra large, all or none of which may be related. Only the large one seems to have any relationship to Bigfoot, Sasquatch, the skunk ape of the Everglades, Momo the Missouri monster, and other American varieties. The Chinese ape-man bears a strong resemblance to this group, but the Russian captor seems to be in a class by itself. Are these different geographic races of the same species, or several different types with nothing in common but an upright stance and a lot of hair? Indeed, how do they compare? John Green, famous Sasquatch hunter, takes a stab at answering. In very approximate terms, the North American variety is a good deal larger than the others, while the Russian one is taller than the Himalayan, but perhaps not heavier. The Himalayan creature, on the evidence both of its description and its footprint, is entirely unlike a human. The Russian variety, on the other hand, may be very human indeed. For the benefit of those who fear that the killing of a Bigfoot for study would constitute not only murder but the elimination of a rare creature, Green adds firmly that there is not the slightest possibility that Sasquatches can be found human or near human, neither are they an endangered species. He believes that they are numerous. With a few suspect exceptions, Bigfoot is a gentle giant unduly monsterized by people who cannot conceive of it as a member of the animal kingdom. The Yeti has also been sensationalized out of all proportion to reality. To the Sherpers, there is nothing mysterious about it. The creature has been a part of their lives and recollections for at least 200 years. Himalayan villagers and hunters include it as just another animal when discussing local fauna. If it seems elusive, it is because its habitat lies far from human paths. Himalayan hunters say that the Yeti is not a man, nor does it live in the snow zone. Its home is in the highest Himalayan forest, deep in almost impenetrable thickets. There it reputedly moves about on all fours and swings from tree to tree. When it ventures into the snow area, where mountaineers may glimpse it or its tracks, it walks upright with a rolling gait. The Sherpas suggest that its reason for crossing the snowfields is to seek a saline moss that grows on the rocks of moraines. Ivan Sanderson says it is not moss they seek, but lichens, which are rich in food value. The American creature appears to be slightly more gregarious and considerably more inquisitive than its Asian counterpart, but it too seems to enjoy a reclusive lifestyle. Skeptics may wonder how is it that so large and supposedly common an animal is able to elude searches with such ease. In reply, Peter Byrne, founder of the International Wildlife Conservation Society Incorporated, points out that much of the 125,000 square miles of Sasquatch territory in the Pacific Northwest is heavily forested mountain with few roads, a sparse human population, and almost no visitors. 
There is plenty of room in this kind of biological sanctuary for Sasquatches and other retiring creatures to live in peaceful, unthreatened isolation. The question of identity remains. Living in impenetrable woods appears to be characteristic of the larger, hairy, upright creatures everywhere and suggests that they may be evolutionary dropouts seeking refuge from an imicable world. If a few Zyglodons and Pleosaurus have slipped through the net of time, perhaps the two-legged enigmas are relics too. Bernard Huvelmans suggests that the wild men of Asia may be leftovers of the race of Pithecanthropus, which occupied Southeast Asia at the end of the Pleistocene period, particularly the larger specimens of the ancient ape-man group called Pithecanthropus robustus and Meganthropus paleogen of Vinicus. Even pygmy varieties of the species may have survived, accounting for the smaller, unidentified, ape-like creatures that are occasionally seen. Zhao Zheng of the Peking Museum of Natural History speculates that the ape-like animals seen in around the Hubei province in the 1970s might have been descendants of Maganthropus, a giant ape-man that died out because it lacked sufficient intelligence to adapt to its environment. Other ancients are equally likely contenders. In 1935, Dutch paleontologist Ralph von Koningswald unearthed a collection of fossil teeth of Asian origin that were virtually identical to human teeth, but six times larger. He decided that the specimens must have come from a species of giant ape, probably extinct for a half a million years, which he called Gigantopithecus. But Gigantopithecus may not be extinct. Zoologist Edwin Cronin suggests that during the Pleistocene age, Asian Gigantopithecus sought safety from Homo erectus in the almost inaccessible valleys of the Himalayas. And the relatives of the giant ape, distant or near, may well have found sanctuary in the still unexplored fastnesses of the New World. I'd like to thank everyone for watching The Abominable Snowman.